Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Jersey Educator Podcast, the podcast created by NJEA members for NJEA members. My name is Jeff Bradbury. And my name is Jim Boyce. Thank you so much for listening to us. Thank you for making the Jersey Educator part of your professional development. Jim, we have a great show today. We are having Melanie Lemmy on the show today and a fantastic educator. Tell us a little bit about what you guys are going to be talking about today. Oh, sure. Melanie um, is a, a self-contained kindergarten through second grade language and learning disabilities class, but she's she's not really here to share that part of her life with us. She's going to tell us her inspirational story of how she found herself involuntarily transferred uh, from one grade level to another um, without warning and uh, how she dealt with that, but came back, bounced back from that uh, stronger than she ever thought she could be. Really, really touching story. We look forward to having her on the show later on today. But first, Jim, there's a lot of great things happening in the NJEA these days. Um, April 26th, we had the uh, first of the North Movement events, and we have other ones coming up here at the end of May. Tell us a little bit about those. Absolutely, Jeff. Uh, One May 3rd in Jersey City and one May 5th uh, in Bergen County. Uh, You can learn more about those on the events page of njea.org slash early career members. And these events, um, the ideas for these came from early career members. They said, hey, we want want to do some blowing off steam events after the park test. We'd like to get together with our peers without any speeches, just kind of network and share and meet our peers from all around the northern counties. So they are set up for May 3rd and May 5th, and you can go online and check them out. There's, of course, a monthly Twitter chat that we're running. Tell us a little bit about that, Jim. Yes, yes, Jeff. Uh, we, we've been doing that once a month on the first Monday of every month, and uh, our next one is May 2nd. This one is going to be around our volunteerism. So members will be asked to come on and share their their causes, their passions, and just dive into that with us and learn from each other. And, you know, last time on the podcast, we talked a little bit about the event happening on May 21st. Um, I had a chance to look up some information about the American Labor Museum. It is pretty, pretty neat. Um, it sounds like a good trip. Uh, remind us a little bit about what's going on that day. Sure, Jeff. It's going to be May 21st. Uh, three professional development hours offered for the early career members who come out at the American Labor Museum, the only museum of its kind in the country right here in Passaic County in Hailden. And you can learn more about that on our events page of njea.org slash early career members. Just a really cool day of exploring the museum, learning about our history and seeing how it can apply to today's challenges and opportunities. You know, Jim, with a lot of these great events happening here on the NJEA, one might assume that people going to these events, taking part in all of these great things going on in the Garden State, one might be taking a lot of pictures. Jim, do you take pictures on these events? <laughs> yes, yes, we do. Uh, sure, we post them uh, on, on our webpage, uh, njea.org slash early career members. We have a photo gallery there, and we also have a news section. So the news section um, usually... A day or two after the events, we post an article that sums it up with all the pictures, and then we throw them in the gallery also. You know, that leads us to our tech tip for the week, Jim. And a a few weeks ago, I was searching for the next big thing here in education, and I came across Google Photos. Have you had a chance to play at all with Google Photos yet? Jeff, I have not. It is amazing, and it is free. Essentially what it does is Google takes all of your photos, and when I say all of your photos, I mean 
there's an app for it on your phone, on your iPad. It'll take all the photos. It'll sync all the photos. It'll even offer to delete the photos off of your phone so that way as it's syncing up, you retain that space. There's also a desktop app for your Mac, your Windows. Um, and, and so essentially what that does is it scours your hard drive for anything that you have, whether it be a graphic, a photo, anything, an iMovie or iPhotos, Aperture, the Apple Photo, anything like that. It'll find your photos for you and automatically put it up in the cloud to have and to hold. And Jim, guess how much that is? Oh, uh, Jeff, maybe $25. It's free, Jim. Cool. Oh. And so here's how this works, actually. This is really, really neat. Um, if you want to upload your files in a high-resolution format, okay, not native, but high-resolution, which is good enough for, you know, like we, we just take photos, right? Like, this is free. It'll convert all the photos to you, and Google does not take any space off of your, off of your Google Drive, which is amazing, now, if you want to have, like, your high-resolution graphics, like, you know, the top, top, top stuff, then you can elect to have that, and, you know, that takes away from your Google Drive. But, Jim, I've been using this for a while, and uh, well, for a while, I mean, like, two weeks, and it has absolutely been amazing. I have all of my cameras and stuff attached to it. I have all my computers attached to it. It just syncs up everything, and... It does this really neat stitching technique here where it'll actually find all of your photos. It'll do all the face recognition. You can tell it what, you know, who who is in a face and it'll put everybody under a category. And then what it'll do, Jim, is it'll make collages where it'll find like photos from maybe like people or like events and it'll put all that together in like a collage which is really really neat but it also makes movies for you so let's say that you're taking rapid fire video or let's say that you've got the new um iphones and stuff where they have those live photos it'll actually make movies for you based off of photographs so you know the other day i was looking through my old wedding i'm sorry i met my wonderful wedding photos and i found some new movies that i never took but because they were put up into Google. Google just stitched all this stuff together. And you know, I got to tell you, Jim, it's, it's, it's fantastic. It's free. It's amazing. Um, Google Photos, we have a link to it in our show notes. If you guys haven't tried it yet, it's pretty cool. If nothing else, sign up for Google Photos and meet Jim on May 21st at the American Labor Museum. It's a fantastic thing. Take a picture of Jim. Back it up. You'll have a copy of Jim forever. That is pretty cool, Jim. Sounds awesome, Jeff. I am going to check it out. Uh, A couple other quick tech tips. I just got to tell you, Jim, um, we kind of do this double posting thing, right? Like all of our shows are going to be up on the njea.org site. Jim, what is that website again where you can find all the information? njea.org slash podcast, Jeff. Certainly check that out. All the show notes, all the links, all the bios, all that great stuff. But, you know, we also post everything over on my website on TeacherCast. And uh, recently, TeacherCast went through a little metamorphosis. Uh, we, we're coming up here in July on our fifth birthday, our five-year anniversary. And uh, t- to celebrate all that, uh, we took some time here and uh, updated the website. So check out the brand new teachercast.net we do live shows every sunday night and we have a host of podcasts including this very own jersey educator podcast jim i think it's about time we get to our guest today our guest on the show is melanie lemmy tell us a little bit about her sure melanie lemmy uh she's been teaching for 10 years she currently teaches a self-contained 
kindergarten through second language and learning disabilities class uh, in the Summit School District of Union County. And she has her master's degree in special education, Jeff. That is fantastic. Melanie, welcome to the show. How are you today? Hi, I'm great. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Tell us a little bit more about yourself. Sure. Um, like Jim said, I work in Summit uh, up in Union County, um, and I'm teaching uh, a kindergarten through second grade self-contained classroom for the first time this year. Um, though I've been teaching for 10 years, I was teaching uh, self, uh, self-contained self and inclusion preschool prior to that. Um, I'm also very involved in my local association, my county association, and I do a lot for NJEA as well. So, so Mel, it, it's great to have you on the show. Welcome. And uh, I'm very happy you're here so we can dive into uh, something different than we've been typically doing with our podcast episodes where members kind of share innovative practices that they have going on in the classroom. And, and some of that may come up in our conversation, but uh, I, I, I know a little bit about you, Mel, and I know that uh, a year or two ago, you found yourself transferred from that uh, preschool class into something totally new, and it's something that um, a lot of our members go through um, because, as we know, the, the, the school district, the principal, um, really has the right to say uh, what we teach depending on our certifications. Uh, for the most part, and uh, that that happened to you. It it also happened to me, Mel, and it happens to a lot of our members. And uh, you know, one of the goals of this show is to help our listeners balance their personal and and their professional lives. Um, you know, a rough day at school can often lead to a rough day at home because we're just so passionate about our work and we put so much into it. We really carry it around. And when these transfers happen, these involuntary transfers, it's very easy to go to a a negative place and stay there and be in that box and uh, just deal with that uncomfortableness. But I know you have um, an enlightening story to tell us about your experience and how you learned from it and grew. So, with all that being said, um, why don't we just dive into that? So you were teaching uh, pre preschool, correct? Yes. In, yes. in, in, in Summit, uh, which which school? Um, so I work at the Jefferson Primary Center in Summit. Uh, there's two primary centers in Summit. Um, they both are kindergarten and preschool. Um, there's one on each side of town. Uh, I was teaching that in Summit for four years, and I also had been teaching preschool special ed in other schools for a total of nine years, um, you know, including my time in Summit. Wow. So you were very comfortable with preschool, with the curriculum, the age of the kids, everything just sort of seemed to gel for you, I would uh, assume. Yeah. You know, it's, I, um, every year that I taught, starting from my first year, I felt like the first day of school got a little better. Um, I feel like sometimes there's things that you need to set up on the first day of school that are impossible to set up throughout the rest of the year. So I felt like the fifth time I had my first day of preschool, I got it right. (laughs) Um, And I was feeling really good about the curriculum. I felt like I really knew it. I was better at differentiating because I knew the curriculum more. Um, And I, I loved the age range. I mean, I loved my job. And I loved going to work every day. 
Sounds like you describe yourself as a master preschool teacher. Yeah, I mean, I, I really think, and you know, not to say that I didn't have room to grow still, because I think we all always do, but I love doing it and I felt comfortable with it. And I felt like I had a lot of knowledge to, to do that job and do that job well. So, so you, you were in this role for, for quite some time, um, years and years uh, with preschool. And then um, suddenly, maybe one day, there's a knock at the door. You get a notice to come on down to the principal's office. Um, for me, uh, it was a notice to come down to the principal's office. And then you get some news that uh, you're being involuntarily transferred. Yes. Um, and it all happened um, in kind of a different timeline than it happens to a lot of teachers. I feel most people find out about these things in April, May-ish. I actually found out um, in January of last school year because what happened was they were cutting a section of preschool. Um, and um, the our school does a lottery for the kids who are not special ed. So less names were going to be drawn from the lottery. Therefore, the teachers would obviously know that there were going to be less classes. So our administration decided, you know, we have to address this. And um, as a preschool team, because there's a, a quite a few preschool teachers in my district, we had discussed it and, and had talked about, I wonder if they'll ask for a volunteer or I wonder if someone will just be chosen. And then one day it was a knock on my door. It was during class time. It wasn't even on a prep or anything. And I was walked up to the office and multiple people were in the in the office uh, in the principal's office multiple administrators and i was told that i would no longer be teaching preschool and they had no idea where i would be teaching the next year um, i did have tenure at the time so i would be teaching somewhere my certification is elementary school teacher in nursery through eighth grade and i also have students with disabilities nursery through 12th grade so anywhere i was certified to teach that's where I could be. So it was a really scary time. <laughs> sure, um, your 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 jaw must have uh, must have just dropped. Uh, shocking, I, I would think. And uh, uh, you know, it's it's it 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 yeah, it's scary. Um, so so your 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 thought process at the time was maybe two pieces that you you, you seem to indicate that you felt. Um, comfortable that you were going to have a job somewhere in the district and and mm -hmm. not all our members when they get these notices um, have that but but you did and but but then at the same time you know you're so comfortable with what you're teaching you're you're so you feel like you're a master at it or getting better every day and and it's just that uncertainty right yeah I mean I was I I would say I was devastated. I mean, I mm -hmm. went back to my classroom, which had children in it, and had to pretend like nothing happened. Um, you know, I, I have two paraprofessionals that I work with, and, and they were like, what happened? And I just said, nothing. Everything's okay. And wow. they were looking at me, and they knew. But I, And I just said to one of them, like, can you read the book to the kids instead of me? And I'll, I'll sit with the kid, you know, I just, cause I just needed a moment and, and they, and then I was able to talk to them after the kids left. And so many things were going through my head. I mean, I was, it was kind of like grieving the loss of something while also dealing with the anxiety and uncertainty of not knowing what I was going to be teaching. If I was going to be in the same building, if I was going to be in a different building, um, it was, a lot. 
And it sounds like you handled it so professionally uh, with the students uh, may not have even known that anything had happened, which uh, you, you really played it cool. So my hat's off to you for that. And uh, fast forward now. Um, so, so you've got the transfer notice and um, a little while later you find yourself in a new classroom and uh, how, how did all that happen? So um, it just, things kind of worked out that um, across the hall from me uh, was a kindergarten through second grade language and learning disabilities classroom. And for this current school year, you know, this was still last year, there were going to be way too many kids for one class. So they were going to split it into two classes. So luckily, even though I'm teaching a new grade level, I'm actually able to stay in the same classroom. I didn't have to change classrooms. Um, and I'm um, working with a teacher that I've known for many years because our classrooms are across the hall from each other. So they split her class um, you know, into two. And so that really has been a saving grace for me that I'm not in it alone. And I have another teacher that I've been working with since I found out you know, officially what I would be teaching this year and then throughout the summer and this school year. Wow. So, uh, so, so some things in your favor there, uh, to help, um, you know, a colleague who's, who's there by your side to, to offer support, which is great. And, uh, it sounds to me, Mel, like you didn't really go to a real negative place with it. I mean, I, I was, a you know, the president of my local association, uh, when I taught and I was in the room, with members at times when they got this news and you know members cry members get very angry and it's just all these emotions come out mm -hmm. um and because there's no way to really prepare for something like that when it happens to you and you don't don't seem like you really went to a negative place with it it sounds like you you really uh wrote, rose up to the challenge i guess i i definitely tried i mean there there were tears there were anger for sure but um, I had those moments between um, myself and my friends, um, you know, other teachers I work with, with myself and uh, my now husband, he was my fiance at the time at home. Um, I tried to remain when I was speaking with administration um, as professional and almost flat because I wasn't excited. So I wasn't going to pretend to be excited, but I knew that getting angry at my principal or any other administrator would not have solved any problems and would have just made me more angry. So I kind of was like, this is what it is. And it's okay to be upset about it. I don't think there's anything wrong with being upset about it, but you can't let that upset or that anger define how you, how you play yourself in that role. Wow, it's it's just like uh, the stress of the situation. You know, it's so easy to say, um, take away your stress, get rid of your stress, but that's not how it works. You have to, you have to live in it and experience it and really feel it and understand it. And and you did that. Um, so 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 well. So um, so the transfers happened. You're in the classroom, and now you teach what, Mel? Um, so right now, so I have a mix um, currently of kindergartners and first graders, and they have all varying disabilities. Um, so it's a language and learning disabilities class. So I could have, you know, kids, pretty much any, any student who their needs 
um, need to be met, you know, in a self-contained smaller classroom. Um, you know, these aren't your in-class support special ed students. You know, they need a little more individualized attention than that. Um, I have two to three assistants in my classroom, depending on the day. Um, and I'm teaching, you know, a, a kindergarten and first grade curriculum. Um, and it's all mixed together because all the kids aren't on the level where a typical child that age would be. And that's the nature of the classroom. That's what I love to teach. So I'm teaching a new curriculum that I don't know while also having to modify and differentiate it constantly at, at, at every moment of every day. So that right now is the most challenging part, differentiating a classroom that, differentiating a curriculum that you're not that familiar with. Absolutely, and uh, what, what a challenge. What, a, what a, a challenge, but is it a challenge, Mel, or is it an opportunity? It's, it's both. It's challenging, but, um, you know, someone asked me just last week, if they came to you and said you could teach preschool again next year, would you do it? Um, and I said, no, I wouldn't do it um, because I feel like I've put so much in to this to make this work that if they asked me if I wanted to switch and I said, yes, it, it, this year would have almost it would have been like throwing this school year away. Um, you know, whereas I feel like I've learned so much. The colleague that I work with who teaches the same class as me has been phenomenal in um, taking me under her wing and, and teaching me what she knows, as well as many other colleagues that I've, I've reached out to. Um, and the growth has been tremendous in, in my teaching abilities, I feel like. Um, you know, it's interesting because you're happy teaching one thing and you like teaching one thing and you're good at teaching one thing. And you almost, I feel like looking backwards, I was almost stifling myself in that I can do more than just teach that one grade level. And um, so it feels good now, but it's also that the mid to end of April right now. <laughs> it took a while. It took a while to get here. I think I spent a lot of time focusing, though, on the kids. And because throughout it all, I still love the kids, you know, and that's the most important part. Great. And uh, of course, and uh, Mel, I just want to back up a little bit. When you yeah. said you, you put so much into this year, uh, what exactly do you mean? What does that look like? Um, well, I, first of all, over the summer, I took some uh, a co course, a short course at Columbia University at uh, Teachers College, uh, a week-long summer institute that they have. Um, and then I also, you know, revamped my entire classroom, um, organized, went through, you know, like I, I needed a level library, which is not something that I had. So I had to go through all my books and level them, which is still a, you know, a work in progress. Um, I've acquired multiple filing cabinets to organize things in a whole new way. Um, I've transferred a lot of my, my files and everything over to Google Drive. And I use that a lot more than you know, the files I had been using just saved on my desktop at school. And um, I've learned so much more about the curriculum and I still have so much more to learn, but I feel like I've put the work in and I don't, and I want to keep putting the work in. I, um, you know, I'm back to staying at work late a lot, 
which is okay. Um, you know, I had kind of been leaving work at like four o'clock every day, which is great if that works for you. Um, but now I stay um, Mondays. My husband works late, so I make Monday my day to stay late at work and do what I need to do. And then, you know, the other days um, I put some time in, but I make sure I'm home at a reasonable time because <laughs> I don't want to spend my whole life there. Because like you had said earlier, you know, the only way for a stressful work situation to work in your life is to be able to walk away from it too. So I do what I need to do at work. And for me, what works, and it's different for everybody, for me, what works is to maybe stay till 5.30 at work, but once I come home to not have any more work to do. Um, some people need to get right out of there and come home and do their thing and then maybe spend an hour or so on their computer at home and whatever works for you is the, is the best. But for me, um, I stay at work a little bit, I get done what I need to do, I get everything set up for the next day and then I come home. Um, which is different because I was used to, since I'd been teaching for so long, planning units at a, at a time, prepping things over long term. Um, now I kind of, I plan for the week and then I prep so I'm only about two days ahead of where, where uh, ahead of the, where the kids are. Um, but, you know, I think that's better because at the beginning of the year I was only about a half a day ahead of where the kids are. <laughs> so now I'm two days ahead. So that's, so that's progress. <laughs> Wow. Wow, Mel. A lot, of, a lot of work, a lot of energy. And I think, Mel, you're being modest when you say <laughs> you only stay an hour or so after the kids leave. I, I doubt that. I, I bet there's days, most days, where you go in and it's dark and you leave and it's dark. Um, yeah, so I'm glad the clock's changed because now I get another <laughs> hour or so. And, 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 you know, it, it, it just speaks to the, just the work and the time that our members put into their profession and their kids that the public doesn't really see or, um, you know, hear about. And uh, you're just an example of that. So, 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 Mel, as we wrap up here, we've been talking a while. Um, any advice from you to those listening um, if they find themselves involuntarily transferred, they, they get like you did get called down to the office. And I hate to use that term called down. Um, it makes it seem like you're always in trouble when you go there. And hopefully it, it's not like that all the time or even at all. But uh, but in, any advice for any members who, who find themselves in, in your situation? Yeah, I mean, I think the first thing is to breathe and it's going to be okay, you know, and it's hard to see that when you're in it. Um, but take a moment, take a breath, get angry later. Don't get angry in the office with the administration. Um, if you feel that your transfer isn't fair, isn't right, you know, go seek out your building rep um, in your building. Um, I had to seek myself out. I'm our building rep, <laughs> you know, so that I just reached out to, to another one. Um, but, and talk, talk about it, you know, cause maybe sometimes there, there is a, a conversation that can be had that way. Um, however, sometimes a transfer is a transfer is a transfer and there's nothing that can be done about it. And I think the biggest thing to remember is that the other teachers around you or support professionals, you know, we all want to see each other succeed. So don't be afraid to reach out to the person across the hall, or if you're in multiple buildings, um, you know, to someone who teaches the same thing as you, 
in another building, you know, especially, you know, in terms of special ed, you could be the only teacher teaching a certain special ed class in your building, but maybe another building in your district has a, a similar class. Um, you know, I, I think that's what's really helped me the most. Um, you know, I wouldn't have, I would have made it if the colleague across the hall wasn't there, but she really helped a lot. And also, you know, I have to give a shout out to the paraprofessionals that work in my classroom. Um, they were with me um, last year as well in preschool. So they got transferred too. Um, one of them had been in preschool for eight years. So, you know, it was just as hard for them. I think that's, you know, something too important to remember that they're going, we all went through this transition together, um, you know, and that was something that I was able to work with my administration with, you know, I requested that my paraprofessionals stay with me. Um, and, and thankfully we were able to, to work that out because, you know, I was already developing so much new. It was nice to have relationships in place um, with my paras that helped the transition a lot too. So don't be afraid to ask questions and don't be afraid to reach out to help and to breathe and cry a little bit. Sometimes it's okay. <laughs> of course it's okay. And all, all those emotions are natural and uh, abs absolutely. Uh, so, so Mel, uh, what, what a great story. What a great, just, just interest story for us to learn from. And I, I just find your tale uh, just so inspiring and, and I hope our listeners do too. So thank you for coming on the show. Thank you so much. Jim, you know, we want to, of course, one more time, thank Melanie for coming on the show. It is not easy to be put in the position where she was. Many of us have been in there for, for various reasons. And we want to say thank you to Melanie for coming on. Uh, Jim, tell us who we have coming up on next week's show. Uh, next week's show, Jeff, I believe we have coming on our first um, education support professional. So NJA not only represents teachers across the state, but we have about 50,000 members who are our ESP members, our education support professionals, uh, custodians, secretaries, paraprofessionals, cafeteria staff. And we have one of them coming on the show telling us uh, about her work specifically uh, relating to the students and also her work uh, connecting with her school community. It's really a great story. We are looking forward to that episode. And thank you so much for taking time to listen to the Jersey Educator podcast and making us part of your professional development. Until next time, my name is Jeff Bradbury. And my name is Jim Boyce. Thank you so much for listening to us. Don't forget to stop over to iTunes and give us a subscription and give us a nice five-star review and rating. We certainly appreciate it. On behalf of everybody here on the Jersey Educator podcast, my name is Jeff Bradbury. And my name is Jim Boyce. Keep up the great work in your classrooms and continue sharing your passions with your students.